Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. Welcome back to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories, brought to you by the Massachusetts Collective. As always, I'm your host, Nathan Strauss. And today's guest is, first of all, a newly published author, also the mother <laughs> of Rob Davis Jr., the sharpshooter who has uh, some of the best vibes of anyone that I've ever seen in a UMass jersey. Thank you so much, Lakita Coach Gantz, for, uh, for, for hopping on today. Thank you for inviting me. I truly appreciate it. So, uh, you know, obviously parenthood has all of these challenges and all <laughs> these beautiful parts to it, or so they say. I'm only 24. I haven't gotten there yet. But <laughs> I know it must make you feel a lot of things to see, you know, Rob, your son, um, playing Division One basketball after sort of, you know, raising him his whole life. How's yes. it been as a parent, you know, the last couple of months? Um, it's It's... It's been similar to the the whole the whole journey, I want to say. Um, I can say that a lot of the things that I've dealt with, it's just it's kind of like over and over, but at different levels. So from elementary to middle school to high school, AAU, prep school, now in college. I don't think there's one little difference about what a parent goes through as far as, you know, sitting there. And just wanting your kid to succeed and um, wanting to, you know, have the best opportunities for your child to do what they've been given a talent, like I, I mean, a, a, a God-gifted talent. Because I do think, you know, on one end, people say, um, oh, you work for it. You do work for it. But I do think that God gives people a certain, you know, ability to do whatever sport it is. Um, and it's a specialty that we all don't have. Some people have it, some people don't. And people have it in different sports. So it's no different than any level. It's just now we're at the level in which he's been trying to get to all his life. Um, and that's a blessing in itself. Just knowing that when he was eight years old, he wanted to be a division one player. And from eight to now, which is 19, 11 years later, he's here. He's finally here. And so now you kind of start over with those those things you've taught them, uh, whether it's the mental part of it, how to face adversity, um, making sure he always stays humble and always making sure that he's a great teammate. So that's something that I've instilled in him from day one. Um, and being his coach was kind of, I was his coach for like two to three years. So 
that was that was a big thing where I think he probably learned the most. What was it like coaching your own kid? It wasn't different because I coached him like I coached everyone else. So that that was the beauty of us. Um, yeah, you, number four, get out the game. Why? You're not playing defense. All right, cool. So it's it's like my mama put me on a bench. I think that was his first initial, like, thing. He probably was like, my mom took me out the game. But I think once I uh, did that after, like, the first game or two, and he could see, like, okay, my mom's going to treat me like everybody else. And I don't think he was expecting me to treat him differently, but it was a surprise because he had big old eyes and, like, wow, okay. Now I got to wake up and do exactly what she's asking me to do and not think of it like my mom's coaching me. So I can be honest to say I'm one parent who did not coach. Um, like I see some, and don't laugh at me, I have this thing about daddy parents who coach their kids. And it's no knock, but I coached my son like he was a player. And therefore, it was no difference. When it comes to what you actually do when you watch him play nowadays, do you get stressed during the games or how do you take me through, you know, a typical game where, you know, say you're at the Mullen center and you know, it's a game against, you know, whatever team, what, what's that game day like for you? So he will probably tell you that this is, and this has probably been since he was a kid. Um, I usually cheer louder for the other kids uh, than I do for my own son. I am cheering for my son all the time, but I cheer for him in the confidence that I know that we've worked on this. So when he makes a basket or he does a good play, I'm sitting there saying, all right, we worked on that. All right, good. All right, cool. You know, and I think it's more uh, analytical for me when I watch him and I get joy out of when he gets hype, you know, and he, cause he's very, if you notice, like you said, he's very passionate. Um, I, he grew up on Kobe. Okay. Just letting you know, I grew up and I, I mean, he grew up and I, I also like instill Kobe in him. Right. So he's, fiery he's passionate like me because he watched me coach and so when he makes a good play or when he does something really well you can always tell because he's going to be really hype about it and um watching him go through that process I think it's more so I'm relaxed just to know that he's doing something that we worked at for a long time and he's good at it and when he does it I kind of like nod and I acknowledge it but I don't go crazy like unless, I, I don't think I'll maybe have I only have the biggest effect when the game is like a tournament or a something where you got to win a championship or so I think game by game, it's just me kind of like, yeah, all right, cool. All right. Got to tell him to do this next time. Use his fingertips. Make sure you hold the, hold the shot. You know, um, get a rebound, play defense, slide your feet. You got to get better at lateral, you know? So I am a coach slash parent and I'm always happy when he does well but I've always taught him that team success is the best. Like no matter if you score or not, no matter if you have a good game or not, the, the bottom line is if your team wins, that's what matters the most. You were a, you were a player yourself. I was. What, what brought you into coaching? And also, do you have any playing highlights that, uh, that you want to, to, to brag about? Cause I know, I know you're focused on team success, but like, we can also take time to, you know, recognize the individual success too. Um, I feel like I do have some film out here, but this is when like my some of some of my um my charity games, right? So I'm I was a shooter. Um I was a two guard in college. I played power four in high school. Um I feel like I learned to shoot playing with boys because I couldn't be a power four when playing with boys. 
Um, and when I went to college, my coach saw that I could shoot the ball well. I won a three-point contest. And from there, I was the six, the 5'10 shooting guard. And why? Because, of course, big guards are what you want in, in women's basketball. So I perfected the shot. And I won't lie, my talent is God-given. I have nobody that played basketball before me. I just kind of popped up. I can shoot a basketball. Well, let's try this, you know. Um, but I, I was a four-sport person in high school. I, my first sport is swimming. Um, and I played softball and volleyball and basketball. So, and I played professional football when Robert was two for three years. So I'm an athlete, but um, I I pretty much, I got a couple highlights out there. It's nothing that I'm gonna brag about. If anything, when I go home, people always brag like his mama, she can shoot the ball too. Cause everybody knows in the city of Detroit that I am a shooter. <laughs> well, clearly being a shooter runs in the family. Absolutely shown up in, in Rob's game so far. Uh, but in terms of, you know, yourself as a coach, how did you get into coaching and, and what are some highlights from your coaching career as well? Oh, no, that's okay. So um, it was my uh, first year out of college. The WNBA was only in its second year. Before that, I wanted to go overseas. And then I started to say like, okay, maybe I could do this WNBA thing. But by it only being the second year, I went to a division two school. So I feel like division one, you know, schools had more advantage to actually get in. I went to tryouts. I was going from tryout to tryout, state to state. And I just didn't feel like I wanted to be broke <laughs> trying to do this thing, trying to find this career. Um, So literally my high school coach kept asking me to coach. And I'm like, I don't want to coach kids. Are you crazy? Like, and um, I was supposed to move to Atlanta, Georgia, but instead I stayed home and I became a teacher. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay home. I'll try coaching. My first game, the very first game at Detroit Cooley High School, varsity girls. After the game, I knew that was what I was supposed to do. I knew that was my purpose. I knew that um, this is what, you know, God has given me the talent to do to help people see what I see when it comes to basketball. And from there, it was just, it was on. Um, I was coaching one year, one year. And I would go over to my godbrother's school and watch his games, right? Because girl season wasn't the same as boys. And I would go after his games and talk to him and tell him like, okay, you should have done this. You should. And his coach called me that next season and said, would you like to coach boys? And I was like, I guess so, sure. And from there, it just kind of all went to where we are now because I began coaching. I was an assistant boys coach high school for a while. I became a 19, the 19U AAU coach of, uh, team Michigan boys they came they recruited me came to a game hey we need you to come coach our boys like what like me and uh I've always had a good rapport with boys I grew up with seven brothers seven god brothers I played football with the boys at home so um my rapport has and I, I've noticed that young men listen to women who know what they're talking about more than they listen to men who know what they're talking about <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like an ego thing where it's like if you when you when you get that feedback or criticism or whatever it is from another guy and wherever this comes from like it's probably exactly. rooted in some sort of it's it's rooted in something so, something unsavory manly. Something yeah manly. It's, yeah yes. but it's like you almost view it as a challenge whereas if you want to really get a message through like there's a reason that I think for me at the very least like when my mom tells me to do something I'll do it and when my dad used to tell me to do something I'd be like shut it's up it's like a little 
a little pushback, like, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just different, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like you know, to that that you were coaching there, and then obviously you ended up as a dobo at at, at Eastern Michigan too. Yeah, which... I did, and that was so. My dream at when my son was born, and I was coaching. You know, at that time when he was born, I was coaching the the nineteen U AAU team, and my goal at that time was to coach Division One basketball on the men's side. That I, I literally said it out loud leaving a Michigan game, walking to the car, talking to his father at the time. And he turned to me and said, I don't think they'll ever like have that or they'll do that. And it's funny how many women are now, right now, division one men's assistant coaches. Um, there's one right now at UAD, uh, Mercy. Um, so they're all, we're all over the place and we're a lot of dobos, a lot of female dobos. Um, but the, the good part about me at Eastern Michigan with, um, Mark, Mark, I mean, Mark, Rob Murphy. Uh, Rob Murphy was the head coach there for 11 years. I came in his sixth or seventh year. Um, but the beauty of being his dobo was that I also got to be in all of the meetings and I got to actually like share my opinion. And it's nothing better than a boss who allows you to um, engage in like what's happening and have opinion on what's going on. And I think I learned so much from just being in those rooms and and games and you know pregame, postgame, film, just everything, um, and I think it helped me a lot. Just you know moving and moving towards where my son wanted to be because at that time he was only a seventh grader, and then by the time we got to sophomore year, because freshman year he was on JV high school, and I had missed like five games, but I'm like I cannot miss any varsity games, so I resigned from that position because I wanted to make sure I was there for all of Rob's games. And that's kind of why I'm here in Massachusetts. Like he's my only child. Um, I believe that in order for your children to survive, they need a great support system. And if that support system is you, a father, and whoever the immediate family is, that's amazing, but you need a village. And um, every, every person that I know who's been successful at the highest level when it comes, not every, but almost a lot, they have had like the greatest support system around them. And that's really what took me to writing this book. This book is about the support system, systems and routines that every, you don't even have to be a player. Let's go, every child needs to succeed in whatever the profession they're gonna play at or be in. And, that, and that's what this book is about. Yeah, so talk about the book. What was the process for you of, when did you know that you wanted to write it and how did the publishing of it sort of come about? Well, first of all, let me tell you, my uh, my master's degree is in English, okay? So <laughs> um, my minor is in theater and communications. I've always known that I wanted to write a book, but I was, I was always confused about, do you want to start with the sports part of your life or do you want to start with the biography of your life and what you went through? And then I was like, oh, do you want to put it together? And so when I say, this book is called Raising a Pro, I would say... I knew that the process of what I went through along with uh, five other basketball moms, we also had, we had a podcast and our podcast is called Through the Nets. And we started journaling like what we were going through and talking to people about what we were going through. This, they were in the seventh or eighth grade. And at that time, I just kept saying, parents need to know some of the stuff that we know by going through it. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book about it. And that'll be where I focus on the sports part. And 
the I don't even know where the title came from. I think it was just like, yeah, he wants to be a pro athlete, but what about all the other things? Because there's so much more to athletes than just the sport they play. So for me, raising a pro means more to more to me than just a basketball player for my son and anybody else. Like it's everything else that they need to do so that when that sport ends, they're not depressed. They're not mentally unstable. They have something else to fall back on because like the commercial says, 90% of NCAA athletes go pro in something else. And I don't think, especially coming from my culture, I don't think we all realize that as fast as we should and our kids suffer sometimes four to five, seven years until they finally get it together after their sport is done. And so it was important for me to help parents understand that. Listening to you talk, like if you ever considered this, like you could have a career in the ministry, I think. Like if you wanted to go and talk on Sundays, like I think you would be so, so good at that as well. Like that's clearly, funny you say that. I mean, because clearly, look, between being a coach, being a teacher, and being a parent, there's a lot of sort of similar threads there, I think. Yes. Um, obviously, yes. in terms of the teaching, the pedagogy, whatever you want to call it. Um, yes. But I, I guess, you know, what brings you the most joy? Of, of the various hats that you wear? So the, the what brings me the most joy is inspiring people to to be what they want to be and, and show them or give them that motivation that they need to know that they can do it, that you can really, really do it. Um, I don't think enough people speak life into other people. And so for me, that's, that's my passion. I mean, if you go to my website, it's going to tell you that I, I want to, my only goal is to inspire people to be what they want to be and help them, you know, get that motivation to do it, um, believing in themselves. My purpose, I, and I teach my son this, um, I've always told my son that we were born to serve other people. I walk out of my house every day, trying to be a good person, trying to serve, give to others, help inspire, you know, and that's what I do. Like, I just was talking to my kids here at the school and I was, I was showing them my website and showing them how Rob was a little sixth grader who, who wasn't six six, you know, and just giving them because some of them play. So I coach middle school basketball. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> it's the cutest little thing. And two of my girls were scared to get in the co-ed game yesterday. And I'm like, no, you can do anything. If you can play with the boys in the gym, you can play with any other boys. And just trying to, you know, motivate people to. I remember when I was younger, we had motivational speakers. And I feel like that's not around anymore. So I I try to be the motivation every day in no matter whose office I walk in, whose class, whose gym, you know, just giving kids gyms, grown people gyms, because we all need somebody to just kind of help us see what we can be. Think about it. Everybody becomes something because of somebody else. Everybody does something because of somebody else. You understand? Like whether it's your parents, your big sister, your auntie, uncle, um, that's what we're here for. That's what we are on this earth for, to help other people gain whatever it is that they're trying to do. So, And your website, by the way, is Lakita Gantz, L-A-K-I-T-A-G-A-N-T-Z.com. Yes. And there is a link to buy the book, Raising a Pro, there for those who are listening. And, and be sure to check yes. it out. Uh, we ask everyone the same two questions who, who comes okay. on this. And okay. I'm going to change up. I'll change up the second one for you a little bit. But the first one okay. is obviously... You know, NIL is such a big thing nowadays. Oh, if yeah. you could have an NIL deal with a company, a brand, anything like that, what would you want your NIL deal to be with? <laughs> Me personally, whew, I would want 
my NIL, I'm not going to lie. This is so funny, but not funny at the same to me. Just me, right? Yeah, just you. <laughs> I want my NIL deal to be with Nike because I love dunks. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect answer. <laughs> like, I love dunks. And um, I used to buy Kobe's all the time. Um, but they kind of, they've, they've gone, they stopped selling them once, you know, he passed. Um, I, I have a, a collection right now of Kobe's. But um, I've kind of like, I don't wear those because they're sacred now. And I'm like, oh, what do I want to wear? And I my I didn't even like dunks in the beginning. I'm like, they're so big and bulky. And then one day I got this one pair. And then my son ordered a pink pair. To, and I'm like, those are nice. And ever since I got the same pink pair that he had, I've been on dunks ever since. So I'm going to say for me, it would be Nike. I know that sounds like so cliche. but No, it's a, it's a legitimate answer. Yeah, it would be Nike for sure. Just because I don't care about anything else but my sneakers. Like, I think I'm... Um, moving uh, to California soon um, because I'm getting married and I keep telling my fiance, I just need to bring my shoes. I don't care about nothing else. Just as long as I can get my shoes to California. Well, congratulations <laughs> on the, uh, on, on the engagement and uh, thank on you. Married I soon. appreciate it. I appreciate it. The last question that we ask everyone is if you could have one player in UMass history, take a game winning shot, who Ooh. would you want to take that shot? But for you, I think it's only fair being right. that you're the parent of, you know, the, the go-to sharpshooter on this team. The natural, right? Right. <laughs> would you want him to take that shot? Yes, I would. I definitely would. I wouldn't pick any other player as of right now, um, simply because I've seen him do it. And I know, you know, he can make it. And I know he would want to take it because he likes the pressure. So definitely I would. Um, I would definitely choose Robert Davis, the natural junior. Yes, I would definitely choose him. <laughs> I completely understand. And uh, I think that's a, it's a, that's a great pick. And, you know, it's been, it's been so fun seeing him engage with the fans and, you know, the, yes. the community and also like just the energy that he brings, whether he's on the bench or on the court. I think yes. I saw him take a charge earlier this year. I don't think I've ever seen anyone more fired up for like, it was, there was like eight minutes left in the first half and it was like a right. point game, but he was like, it was like, he just won the national championship and shout exactly. out to the, uh, the Wolverines, by the way. I know he's a, I know yes, you guys sir. are big, you guys are big, <laughs> uh, big blue fans out there. Oh my God. That was probably one of the most amazing things that, um, that have, that has happened because his father, uh, always takes him to the Michigan state Michigan game every year. Right. So this year is the first year. They didn't get to do that because, of course, he's playing he's ball for UMass. Yeah, yeah. So that was amazing that they won, and and he, we, he. I've been a Michigan fan since forever. Uh, before before the Fab Five, I was a big football fan. So that's our team, and I'm so happy for them. So yeah, he was definitely happy. <laughs> if people want to find your book or connect with you, what is the best way for for listeners to do that? So right now, again, um, I am on. Twitter as Kita K-I-T, the coach. Uh, and my website is ww.lakita Gantz. So it's L-A-K-I-T-A-G-A-N-T-Z.com. And you can go there and purchase the book. Um, everyone who purchased purchases the book on the website, actually, I um I handwrite uh a note to them and I sign it. So you will get a signed book. Um, and then I'm on uh, Instagram as Lakita the Coach Gantz. So um, those are my 
I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram, and then that's my website. So, well, it's certainly uh, it's great to catch up with you, and and uh, you're such a compelling speaker, and uh, oh, it's, it's just it's fun listening to you talk. I can only imagine like if I had had you as a coach, maybe I wouldn't have peaked in seventh grade. You know, <laughs> town rec basketball. Maybe I could have made it to at least you know JV in high school. No, so. that I feel you, and I and I love it. It's something that I I've been. I know it's a gift, right? It's a gift. So I, I'm definitely always happy to use it. And that's what I want to do with this book. Go around to different um, schools, different organizations, and kind of, you know, teach people about what's in this book. Because it's very, very, you know, detailed. It's, I literally, you could actually read this book, read it in 60 minutes. But there are some activities in here that would take you longer, maybe 90 minutes. But this is not, it's a short read. I did that for a purpose because I know people don't read that much anymore. But um, for any parent, coach, player, or anyone who deals with young people and they're they're trying to motivate and inspire, this is a great read for any of those people. So I appreciate anyone. I appreciate you guys for inviting me on the show. Um, I love the Mass Collective and what you guys do for the kids because I always wanted to know. And I always felt, and I just want to say this, I felt like, okay, NIL, so that means kids have to go out and try to solicit their own selves, you know, to get deals. But when you have a collective, it's so much better. It's It, it kind of relieves some, some student athletes of what they need to do as well as playing for the team. Like try to do that, all of that together is so hard. So I really appreciate the Mass Collective because everybody isn't doing this, you know, and it's, it's a blessing to have you all. Very, very kind words. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch you around. I'm sure we'll see you at games, you at events. You tomorrow. <laughs> of course, 100%. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, that one point the other day was hard. <laughs> but they'll bounce, they'll bounce back. Oh, no, definitely. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing so much. And thanks to everyone who listens to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minuteman Stories brought to you by the Mass Collective. As always, follow the Mass Collective on social media. Come to the games. Come to the events. And as always, go UMass. We'll talk to you next time. Welcome back to a special edition of Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minuteman Stories, as always brought to you by the Mass Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss. And today's guest, it's a different kind of podcast that we have for you today. We're talking about a big time post-game event that we have coming up on February 3rd. And we're thrilled to bring in Amy from Hanush Jewelers in Hadley, Thank you so much for joining us. How's it going? It's going great. How are you today? It's great. Uh, minus the snow and the, the sort of cold, wintry rain we've had the last couple of days. <laughs> exactly. Let's have it now before this event, and we're good. Exactly. So we've got this event coming up on February 3rd. It's hosted by Hanush Jewelers. Tell us a little bit about what people can expect at this postgame event. You want to go for it, Tony, or...? Nope, Tony's looking at me. So what we're uh, expecting at this event is the majority of the team has confirmed that they want to come by and meet and greet um, a lot of our clients that have been following basketball for many years, including myself, which has been over 25 years since I've been a, a grad from UMass. So we thought, why not try something different instead of a bar atmosphere, even though we'll be doing, you know, a celebration here as well. Just a little bit, something different. 
Yeah, it sounds it sounds perfect. So you're going to have a lot of the team there. Uh, we know Robert Davis Jr. and Rasul Diggins are confirmed, but more will be there as well. That's after the game against George Mason on February 3rd. And it's a great time for this event, too, because it goes from three to six. And UMass men's hockey plays that night at seven. So if you're looking to, you know, fill your time between the end of the UMass basketball game and then the beginning of the hockey game, if you're there for that doubleheader, it seems like it's the perfect event. Uh, and for people who don't know Hanoush Jewelers, what can you tell us about your business? Tony? Hey, Nathan. I'm Tony from, uh, you know, from Hanoush Jewelers. <laughs> um, the, the Hanoush family has been um, in Western Mass since, you know, before the 80s. We opened up our first store in Chicopee, and the family just continued to grow. And, you know, and we're very happy that we're able to, you know, to work with the, the collective and work with the players and just we're happy about this event that's going to be, you know, for next Saturday the, or after the game. And you know what? We just wanted to let people know um, that day as well, we're doing a friends and family um, feature. So we just want everybody to come in and feel welcome and to create a new community just to start building it up with all the local businesses and all of our friends that are going to be around that day. Of course. And with Valentine's day coming up with spring coming up, we know there's a lot of proposals that happen in the spring and Valentine's day seems like an ideal time to, you know, maybe get your partner that, that, that piece of jewelry to, to show your love. It seems like a, a great place to start would be to, you know, knock out multiple birds with one stone, maybe a diamond. <laughs> Uh, if you will, and, uh, you know, meet the team, get autographs, chat with the guys, and of course, you know, make the connection uh, with, you know, the jewelers as well. And again, literally killing two birds with one stone. You guys must get tired of hearing all the uh, the, the gem puns, though, at the end of the day. <laughs> We're so used to it. It's all good. The more, the merrier. Bring it on. Well, speaking of the more, the merrier, obviously, you know, I think of all the sports, basketball players are some of the most stylish and the most um, forward thinking with how they dress. And I know, you know, there's a lot of emphasis, especially on this UMass team of, you know, having good fits and looking stylish and looking nice. Have you guys been able to uh, get any of the current players fitted out with some uh, with some ice, if you will? You know it. Absolutely. Today alone. Um... Well, we nicknamed him Pearl. So Robert Davis Jr. loves his pearls. So he just left rocking out a whole stack of that. And Tool is just letting us know now what he's into. So they've all been in here. We're very excited. And um, fashion definitely goes with basketball 100%. This isn't our first rodeo with the team, but this is the most important one to us because it's local. How did you actually find the Mass Collective or how did the Mass Collective find you? I'm still trying to figure that out because it <laughs> honestly came in so many different directions. But definitely, I have to say, one of the biggest pushers was Chad from The Spoke and then comes into Pat and everybody has been so wonderful and just... I don't know. It's just one of those things where everybody wants to help everybody and I haven't seen that in a long time. So we are 100% on board and just, it, it's great. And this is only going to grow. Like this is going to be a big deal. Without a doubt. When you work at a jewelry store, when you're a jeweler, does that mean that people will look to you for advice as well? And do you end up getting kind of a good 
sense of your personal style from helping others? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Tony here actually is the master jeweler for Hanush Jewelers. So he customizes everything from scratch. We do anything possible. We've made pendants for celebrities. We've done it all. Like it's whatever you want done, it, we can we can make it happen. So people come to us for everything, whether it's repairs, um, memories, you name it, engravings, we do it all. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, maybe if in the next couple of years I happen to find, you know, someone to settle down with, I know exactly where to turn now. <laughs> Um, but there's a couple of steps that have to be bridged before that. But I know that there are plenty of people in the UMass Athletics community who probably have that need for jewelry. And uh, again, wanted to remind everyone of this event coming up on the 3rd. It's Saturday the 3rd. Um, the, the game is at noon. The men's hoops game is at noon uh, against a, a really good George Mason team. And then you can follow that up by this event. It's from 3 to 6. There'll be autographs. There'll be food, drinks, uh, discounts. Uh, and possibly even more. Uh, I don't know if maybe there'll be a celebrity appearance from someone to, uh, you know, who's to say. <laughs> and for people who are looking to find Hanus Jewelers, located at 344 uh, Russell Street, it's in the same kind of plot uh, where Starbucks is and Hot Table is as well, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, 100% right. Yep, you won't miss us by our display windows. They are full boated with UMass, so... We're an easy we're an easy spot to see from Route Nine. Is there anything else about this event or about uh, about Hanush that that you want to mention before we send this out into the ether? I think uh, you know what. Just everybody be here. Stay Absolutely. tuned for details. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, this event February third after the UMass game against George Mason. So come out to the Mullen Center for both games that day, twelve and seven men's hoops, and then hockey in the evening. And between games, be sure to stop by this event at Anus Jewelers in Hadley, right off of Route 9. It is an easy spot. It's only five minutes driving from the Mullen Center, and that's if you're, you know, really dogging it there. It requires literally two turns to get there from the Mullen Center lot, and it's a great way for you to support the collective, support local business, and catch up with everyone in this community. Amy, Tony, thank you so much. Hopefully we'll be able to see you there on the 3rd. We'll be there. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you guys soon. More coming up. All right. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This All has right, been Commonwealth Conversations, Everyday Minuteman Stories. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass basketballs back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit thenathanagencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football 
Get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.